This is Kathy from Boise, and I never listen to I Doubt It with Dollamore. I do, however, follow Bully with the Y Popeye on Instagram. The following broadcast may contain free thinking and open-minded discussion, ideas, skepticism, and adult subject matter. Topics will be discussed using adult language, sometimes gratuitously. Get ready to move the conversation forward. This ain't your granddad's news and comment show. This is... I Doubt It with Dollamore. All right, everybody, welcome to the show and thank you for joining us. Episode 625 of I Doubt It with Dollamore. I'm your host, Jesse Dollamore, joined today by the lovely, the talented, the scholarly, Brittany Page. 625. 625. Did I age very rapidly in a short amount of time? That is a trap door that you were asking me to stand on. <laughs> <laughs> um, you were talking about changing the episode numbering. Yeah, well, here's how we've been doing it. And I think the audience probably knows, but for those of you just joining us, this program largely consists of news and comment twice a week. Yes, from Jesse D and me. And Brittany P. Yes. That's right. And we we used to do a lot more, and we're wanting to get back into it, do standalone kind of interview episodes with authors and professors and random people, you know, people that, that are interesting to us. Yeah. And we've always... We even in the beginning we didn't even number the bonus episodes. We just called them bonus interview episodes and didn't number them. Well, then we decided to start numbering them separate and apart from the regular shows. Mm-hmm. And then whenever I talk to someone, like sometimes you have to sell the show to get a guest on. Mm-hmm. And I always felt weird saying we've done over six hundred episodes. Yeah. To prove to them we're not some flash in the pan, just started kind of a thing. We're we're an established show. And then they go look at the number in iTunes and see that you're a filthy, dirty liar. Yeah, that it's almost yeah. 100 episodes less or fewer than, than what I said. Uh-huh. So I decided to throw it out there. Mm-hmm. And we didn't get a ton of feedback, but the feedback that we got... Was was supportive. Was supportive of, of changing it. We did get some people who said no. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Daryl. Thank you. We got a couple calls from people saying no, but no one gave a real concrete answer as to why not. It was kind of like my reaction where I was against it, but I couldn't really say why. And so really what that means is that I shouldn't be against it. <laughs> there just wasn't enough. It, it, it came down to like a feeling. I think yeah, exactly. Da- I think yeah. what Daryl said from Georgia, Daryl said, if it's not work, we're not broken, don't fix it. Like It seems to be working up to this point. Yeah. But I have actual reasons behind why I want to change it. Yeah. Therefore, and also let me say this. This ain't a democracy, folks. <laughs> this is an enlightened dictatorship. Mm. <laughs> we can see that. Right. We can see that. So anyway, episode 625. Mm-hmm. And it couldn't go. And it, it worked out perfectly because we've done 75. This would have been episode 550. And we've done 75 bonus episodes. Mm-hmm. So we go into kind of a round feel good number. It's very nice. 625 episodes. You know. It is going to be Thanksgiving very soon. 
And yeah. that is another thing that we do um, regularly. Which we need to start talking about it right now. I'm thinking that's what you're probably doing. That is what I'm doing. <laughs> um, I think when we first started the show, we did this the first year we did the show. Yeah. Um, a Thanksgiving episode. And it is a family-friendly episode. Profanity-free. Profanity-free so that you can listen to it on the actual holiday. And... It has every single year grown bigger and longer uh, because of all the audience participation. But when we do these Thanksgiving episodes, what we ask from the audience is to send in a voice memo explaining, uh, reflecting on what you are thankful for this year. And they're always my favorite episodes of the year because mine too there's so much wisdom um they're very uplifting um people go through tragedies and they reflect on them and it just becomes a very powerful moment um listening to people share their stories and the things that they have been through so we would encourage you to go back and listen to these Thanksgiving episodes that we've done. If you go to dollmore.com and you scroll all the way to the bottom, there's a search feature and you can just put Thanksgiving in there and it will bring up all the Thanksgiving episodes. Um, but we really hope you take some time to think about the past year and what it is that jumps out at you. Maybe a, Maybe it was a small moment. Maybe it was a big moment, but something that showed you what you're thankful for or what you value in this life. What I take away oftentimes from the episodes is obviously there's things I'm thankful for each year. Yeah. But listening to that episode is so powerful for me because it, it also tunes me into the things that I'm not maybe actively appreciating that other people are. And I'm like, Oh, like one time Kathy called in. Mm-hmm. I think Kathy's the opening drop too. Yeah. That's a coincidence. 100%. <laughs> I see what you did there. Uh-huh. Uh, one time Kathy called in and said, I-, I'm, I just got done grocery shopping. I'm getting emotional even talking about it. And it was such a mundane, she's grocery shopping and realizing, I'm thankful for this. Yeah. I don't have to need for anything, want for anything. Yeah. I can go down and buy food mm-hmm. and it's sanitary and it's plentiful yeah that is something to take for not to to not take for granted yeah, yeah. To, to to mark among those things that you're appreciative of and mm-hmm. anyway that, this is what this episode's about so I, i'll just get right into it what we do we ask you primarily to email in a voice memo from your smartphone right it is not an email that i read it is something that you call in with That's your own right. voice and we play it so keep them a minute and a half or so. Mm-hmm. Don't do like a three minute thing because there's going to be dozens of them right. submitted. And the episode, we like to keep it manageable because it's uh, it's what we like to do. So yeah. And I don't want to have to go through and chop, 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 chop yeah. for days and days and days to edit the episode. Right. So anyway. We would also ask you to please record in a quiet environment. Um like a closet. Yeah, don't do I, I don't it know. while you're driving to work. <laughs> yeah, try to do it in a quiet environment because we do try to keep the audio very consistent as well from call to call. Um, so if you can record it as a voice memo and email it, that would be preferable. Um, also, avoid the profanity because like we said, we, we want it to be kind of a family-friendly thing that people can put on while they're cooking. Yeah, or- listen, we don't want to kind of do it. It is, if you curse and it's a crazy... You're, it's not going to get played. Yeah. Your submission won't get played. That's just, yeah. it, 
you know, yeah. the way it is. We've also sometimes had people like be passive aggressive toward us in the message and we don't mind playing that kind of stuff on the show, you know? We, but it's not the theme of that episode. But it's, yeah, it's not the theme of the episode. So sometimes we like make decisions to not play certain things like that. Um, but, you know, on that note, okay, so we want those. Send those to us. Uh, 657-464-7609. I doubt it at dollamore.com. Go listen to previous episodes to get a feel for what it is. If you're kind of confused, you don't really know what you want to do, go listen to those episodes. It will help you. It will give you inspiration. Uh, you'll get it. Okay. Yeah, you can even, even on YouTube, I think, if you search Dollamore Thanksgiving, yes. there's a couple submissions, uh, a couple of the... The compilation's there, too. Yeah, and we'll start making our regular push for it, coming up here and reminding you on Facebook, on Twitter, posting the old episodes, so you'll see them. But we also, you don't need to say your name. This is also an anonymous thing. Um, Jesse just name-dropped Kathy, but... Um, yeah, I did, yeah. <laughs> but, but they are... We're not asking... We don't want... It's not we don't care if you say... We don't want you to say your name. Yeah. We don't want you to thank us for doing the show. Yeah. Because... All everybody always does that, and it ends up that's all that you hear is thanks you guys. I'm real thankful for you guys doing the show. And it's really that's not, not what about this is that. about. And yeah. I mean, we love that. We appreciate that. It's not that we're we don't want to be coming off as dismissive right now. But if you go listen to the old episodes, you will get it. You will get it um, because it is a very powerful thing. People are sharing these different stories, different life experiences. Yeah. And it it isn't about us. It isn't about the show. It's about life. Yeah. And really, we want this to be a powerful, impactful thing. For other listeners, yes, and not it. it, I, it we don't want it to be an S and R D thing where, yeah. well, I, look at all these people who appreciate the show. Yeah, we love that. It makes us feel great. Yes, but that's not what we're doing with this. Absolutely. I want to quickly do a um, a disclaimer. Um, oh, should I play it? Well, not that kind of disclaimer. <laughs> I mean, you can play it as a reminder for everybody if you'd like. Views and opinions expressed by Jesse Dollamore are solely those of Jesse Dollamore and do not reflect the views and opinions of Brittany Page, who is a far superior person and much more measured and reasonable in her views and analysis. <laughs> what a great voice. Probably unnecessary. Um, we would encourage you to remember, right, the things that Jesse and I say on the show, you may not always agree with. And I want you to be thinking about how you're going to handle that when that happens, right? Because it's going to happen. Because it's going to happen. It happens every show with Brittany listening to me run my mouth. Yeah, we, you and I disagree all the time. Um, I know that listeners have to, on every episode, disagree with at least something that is said. And I want listeners to be thinking about how they're going to approach that when that happens. Because I really hope the answer is not, I'm going to unsubscribe. I'm going to disconnect. I'm going to like trash talk you. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, because that kind of thing has happened and it's expected. It's going to happen. Um, but I just hope we're doing something different here, right? Where people can email us, send us a voice memo saying that they disagreed with something and that we can have a reasonable conversation and come to a place where there is shared understanding and it bums me out every time we get a message where someone, especially like a long time listener, um, like I'm talking two years plus, um, decides to disconnect from the show because of some disagreement. 
a disagreement that we don't really even know what what it is, right? Um, we feel like, and we talk about this all the time, that we are creating a community of listeners. And in this community, we value changing our minds with new information, uh, following the evidence where it takes us, and not being afraid to have these difficult conversations. So we want you guys to help keep us in check, if we're being unreasonable, if we're being irrational, if we are not being factually correct. Um, and we hope we do the same for you, right? It should be an exchange, a partnership yeah. in that. So as we move closer to election season, I want you to be thinking about, I mean, as we move closer to the official election, did that make sense? Yeah, yeah. I want you to be thinking about that. Right. Um, are you going to be someone who engages with us and tries to move the conversation forward or are you going to pull the plug? OK, we respect your decision, whatever it is. But I'm just saying I hope it goes. I hope it goes the conversation route. Well, here's what here's what makes me sad when someone ultimately does pull the plug. And usually it's without any. It's usually like a Patreon supporter. This is how we find out about it. Mm -hmm. And then in the exit interview, yeah. they give a reason. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, ah, I wish they would have reached out for whatever. Like somebody, we pissed somebody off recently. Mm -hmm. Something about um, for people who don't want to be judged, they sure do judge. Yeah. And I don't mind being judged. Judge away. Just let's talk about it. Mm -hmm. That's where I'm coming at it with. But I, I, I would really hope that they would... They obviously listened to the show for long enough. I always think that I'm the reason they left. So I'm not discounting your role on the show. I just always think I'm the radical one. I'm the one that we need the disclaimer for. Mm. The reason we play the disclaimers for for me to indemn to, to get you out of trouble of someone thinking that uh, whatever I said is what you believe too. Mm. So I'm I usually just I, I put the blame on myself. And I would say, listen, if you've listened to the show for two years, you clearly think I have a good heart. Mm-hmm. And if I say something insensitive or shitty or wrong yeah, or just antithetical to how you view the world and the way we should do things, I would hope that you would know mm -hmm. that, yeah, he's wrong, but I know this guy's heart mm -hmm. and I know he's in the right place in his heart. So let me try to give him some correction. Yeah. Even aggressive correction is yeah. okay. Yeah, for sure. So anyway, I, I that was I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah, I didn't know that was going to happen. So yeah, so that that's something that's important to us. It's something that we we want you guys to know because it's important to us, right? I mean, that's why we play listener voicemails and we read emails because we don't want it to just be us sitting around. Um, Essing each other's D's and no one is like intervening when things are starting to go off the rails. You know, that, that's what we want. That we need some checks. And um, that's. We, and we, as the collective, our entire, everyone needs checks. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone, not just me because I'm radical. Mm -hmm. Everybody. Everyone does. If you're going off the rails, if you're not sourcing or, or giving citations for the, the, the thing, the shit you say. Mm -hmm. Everybody, man. Yeah. Well, we all have biases we're all looking at the world through our filtered through our own life experiences and sometimes we need someone else to shake us and say hey there's another way to look at this yes please, please do <laughs> yeah uh, well speaking of another way to look at it what a great segue mm. Brittany page that's what i do Shepard Smith has uh, been someone who looks at things differently than his cohorts can i tell you what happened 
Please. I was at work when this news broke that Shepard Smith was leaving Fox News. Now, we have long talked about Shepard Smith on this show from the beginning of the show. Um, and I would say when we first started doing the show, actually, we watched Fox News way more than yeah. we do now. Well, that was when I still had this romantic idea about libertarianism. Yeah, because I remember I used to watch Bill O'Reilly pretty regularly. Yeah, we did. Yeah. Um, a lot of screaming at the TV, like, you motherfucker. But, uh, you know, war on Christmas, all that bullshit. Yeah, yeah. No Christian has ever committed to mass murder. Is the, <laughs> we used to have a drop for it. Yeah, yeah. Really rational, um, reasonable stuff. But we, we've long loved Shep. And so I was at work when the news broke that he was uh, stepping down from his role at Fox News. And I had no one to talk about it with because... <laughs> Um, no one around me is as... No one believing in Jesus commits mass murder. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> no one around me at the time is as steeped in news and the culture of, yeah, yeah, yeah. of the news uh, as I am. And so I, my mouth was open. I was like, oh my what ah! and i like picked up my phone yeah, yeah, yeah. i tried to call you you're not answering i'm just having to sit there and with all of my feelings because on the show and this is going to be a moment where i i have changed my mind i have long said that i wanted shepherd smith to stay at fox news to have some semblance of reality remain on that network with the possibility that reality he, deliver a, a reality delivery mechanism. Yes. Yeah. With the possibility that he could reach people at certain times, even if it was rare. I, I thought that it was important that he do that. But recently I changed my mind. It's not that I don't think it was impossible. Maybe, maybe like a week before he quit. Yeah. Like a week ago. Cause yeah. I was listening to an episode of on the media when someone made an argument. Um, and it's not that I believe that it was impossible that Shepard Smith staying would have been beneficial. I still believe that there probably could have been a benefit there. But what I feel is more important now is that he do what he did, which is step down because this removes the veil of legitimacy yeah. that Fox News had in Shepard Smith by being able to point to him and Chris Wallace and say, no, we are a news network, you see. We have Shepard Smith. He's a reporter. He's a great reporter. Um, he delivers the news factually um, without fear or favor, like he always says. Chris Wallace, he's the same way, right? Yeah. They were able to point to these men and say, this is a legitimate news network. Now that Shepard Smith has removed himself from the equation, yeah. they can't so easily do that. Any slight hint of a patina of legitimacy is gone. Right. And so I think that is more important than the possibility of Shepard Smith being able to like sway somebody sometime somewhere. Right. Yeah. I think it's more important that they lose that veil of legitimacy. New tonight, chief Fox news anchor Shep Smith abruptly leaving the network. Now, Shep was one of the first hires at Fox news more than two decades ago. He's been a consistent defender of the facts clashing with the network's opinion hosts in recent years. Here were his parting words. Even in our currently polarized nation, it's my hope that the facts will win the day, that the truth will always matter, that journalism and journalists will thrive. 
And he concluded by saying, I'm Shepard Smith, Fox News, New York. And the next show rolled. It was a stunning moment. Our chief media correspondent, Brian Stelter, is out front. Brian, what are you learning about why now for Shep and, and, and why in such a stunningly surprising way? He's one of the only news anchors left on Fox, and he left because he couldn't take it anymore. Sources tell me that he was simply appalled by some of the opinion host's comments. He felt that he had been marginalized. There wasn't room for him anymore. And I think this is not just an end of an era for Fox. It's a sign of what's happening to our country, that there isn't room for truth-telling on a channel like Fox. He presents facts about President Trump, oftentimes the facts that others leave out. You know, I've been working on a book about Fox for several months now, and sources there love Shep Smith. The journalists there praise Shep Smith. They say that he was there trying to tell the truth in an environment where almost nobody else was. But now he couldn't take it anymore. And nobody expected it. Here's what happened at that moment when he said, I'm Shep Smith, Fox News, New York. Uh, And then here's what happened. Well, I'm Neil Cavuto. And uh, like you, I'm a little stunned and a little heartbroken. Uh, I don't know what to say. John, I apologize for being a little shell-shocked on this other development here. But uh, take it away, sir. I've just been <laughs> trying to compile my thoughts, yeah. too. Neil, I walked out here to do the hit and suddenly got hit by a subway train. Holy mackerel. I mean, his uh, goodbye, he had put in the prompter, but no one knew. And he had straight to the elevator afterwards, straight home, because he was so emotional about this. It was a very hard decision for him. He thought he was doing something important by being on the air, reporting the news. He was also making $15 million a year. But sources had said to me he wasn't in it for the money. He was in it to try to counter all of the nonsense the opinion hosts air all the time. All right. So when you talk about what he was doing, he yeah. was speaking truth to power. I remember a conversation I had with him on the train once, and he, he was a really, um, he thought a lot about this yes. and his yeah. role there. Um, here's some of the examples of, of times he spoke the truth. Our reporting begins this Monday with President Trump's latest misleading and xenophobic eruption of distraction and division. He decries fake news that isn't and disseminates fake news that is. Think China pays the tariffs. The wall is going up. Historic inauguration crowds. Russia probe is a witch hunt. You need an ID to buy cereal. Noise from windmills causes cancer. It's endless. There is no known evidence to support President Trump's conspiracy theories about Biden's activities, as we have reported here repeatedly. The president also said in the tweet that the wall is going up rapidly. It is not. As we just reported, there is no new wall. The forecast showed East Coast Dorian... The Sharpie's magical addition added the coast of Alabama. Why would the president of the United States do this? That is the only time a lot of viewers at Fox News heard those facts. That's right. There's nobody else on the air consistently rebutting the president's lies. Chris Wallace does it on Sundays. Yes, he does. He does it once in a while. But Shep Smith was a unique voice on Fox. I think it's a loss for the country that he's suddenly leaving. And I suspect there's more to come about why he left. This is also a bummer for Fox because now they don't have what I just referred to as a patina of legitimacy. They don't have that now. All they got is a guy who shows up on Sundays and does the the Fox News Sunday show. Mm-hmm. Fox Fox News. Listen, Shepard Smith was and he was behind enemy lines, and I don't mean that from the perspective of partisanship. That he was a Democrat with Republicans. I mean, he was a truth teller, a fact reporter, in a propaganda network. That is behind enemy lines. Mm-hmm. 
Well, there's a few, there's several things that I want to say here. Um, one, Shepard Smith is one of my heroes. Um, I genuinely believe that he is a good person who was trying to do the best that he could here, um, felt that he had an important mission and he was trying to make the best of a terrible situation and it became untenable. There are people who are trying to tie his departure to the recent meeting with attorney general, Bill Barr and Rupert Murdoch. Um, and by uh, when I say people trying to do that, I mean like people on the internet, like internet sleuths, um, not like reporters. Um, and there just really isn't evidence that this is connected to that meeting. Um, Shepard Smith's spokesman also denied that it was rated, related to this meeting. You heard Brian Stelter in that clip there talk about his recent clashes with the opinion hosts. Yeah. Tucker Carlson and Sean Hannity. Right. Tucker Carlson specifically was the most recent one where he had a guest on and the guest on Tucker Carlson's show called Judge Andrew Napolitano a fool for his commentary about Donald Trump's likely impeachment. Who is and Napolitano is a Fox News employee. Yes. And Tucker Carlson did not come to Napolitano's defense. Right. And that really upset Shepard Smith. And Shepard Smith called it repugnant on his show and went out of his way, like a lengthy four minute uh, thing defending Judge Napolitano, referencing other legal scholars and experts that agreed with Judge Napolitano to illustrate that he's not a fool. Um, And Vanity Fair's Gabe Sherman reported several days after that happened that Fox News CEO Suzanne Scott and network president Jay Wallace conveyed to Shepard Smith that if he did not stop attacking Carlson, he would be off the network. Um, A Fox News spokesperson denied that reporting in Vanity Fair, saying that no such conversation took place. You can imagine why Fox News would want to deny that such a conversation ever took place. Um, Take that with a grain of salt, yeah. whatever you want to believe there. I, I tend to believe they're reporting that he was told, hey, stop causing problems well, for us a, here. As far as the, the Bill Barr conspiracy, though, there is reporting, solid reporting from solid journalists who say that's not the case. Yeah. That all their sources say, no, no, that's that's a rabbit hole. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So that's kind of what I'm talking about here, right? That the yeah. more, more likely culprit is the recent clashes with opinion hosts sure. and him being told, like, you can't correct the opinion hosts which is the whole thing that he wanted to do was be there to be able to counter the fact teller the fact reporter can't correct opinion people who are giving their opinion on something while he's delivering the facts right that's a that's a telling telling statement about what the inner workings of fox news are and what their priorities are yeah so it's a frustrating situation um Brian Stelter referenced Brett Baer as uh, an official reporter over there. Come on, man. I don't agree with that. Brett Baer has been photographed at Mar-a-Lago. Multiple times. Um, Different times. Yeah, I don't really appreciate the circles that he runs in while he's trying to be a reporter. Uh, I do feel bad for people like Chris Wallace, uh, Jennifer Griffin. Um, Trace Gallagher is going to be taking over a lot of the time for Shepard Smith while they find an official replacement. There are better choices, but he's decent yes i'm saying there are decent reporters over there still john roberts john roberts is a reporter yes but they are underwater (laughs) yeah you know there there isn't a lot of support and if shepherd smith was feeling this uh 
terrible about the prospect of him being able to do any good there under siege yeah then they must be feeling the same way so let's do this she played a very brief clip of the of an excerpt of his final message goodbye i want to play the whole thing it's it's pretty short because it was at the end of the program Uh, the program (laughs) you start saying something as a joke and then it just like lands into your lexicon i know bro You're a fucking doctor, bro. <laughs> anyway. Oh. Okay, bro, don't come at me. So let's play his full uh, goodbye message. Because it really is. For me, it was touching. It was emotional. And you could see you the could. emotion on his face, too. It wasn't. And he didn't break down and cry, although right. he has in the past. Yeah. Listen, he was like the lone gay man on Fox News. Really, he's in the fucking lion's den. Yeah, and, and you, could, you could tell that there was emotion here. A personal moment now. Gathering and reporting the news has been my life's work. 33 years, the past 23 right here, since the day we launched Fox News Channel in 1996. The opportunities afforded this guy from small town Mississippi have been many. Fox News has allowed me to travel the country and the world, gathering the facts of the day for you. At Columbine, Katrina, Iraq, Israel, Lebanon, 9-11, and every life-altering event along the way. I've met leaders, heroes, and victims of all stripes. I've witnessed and reported on the events that shaped our reality. Together with my colleagues, we've written a first draft of history and endeavored to deliver it to you while speaking truth to power without fear or favor in context and with perspective. I am eternally grateful for the opportunity. For handing me the breaking news reins as managing editor, senior correspondent, and chief news anchor for this network, I am thankful and humbled. I've worked with the most talented, dedicated, and focused professionals I've ever known. They sacrifice endlessly and tirelessly to get the news exactly right, and I am so proud of them. And I'm honored to have anchored their work each day. I'll miss them and our time together greatly and deeply. So recently, I asked the company to allow me to leave Fox News. After requesting that I stay, they obliged. Under our agreement, I won't be reporting elsewhere, at least in the near future. But I will be able to see more of Gio and Lucia and our friends and family. Then we'll see what comes along. This is my last newscast here. Thank you for watching today and over the decades as I traveled to many of your communities and anchored this program, Studio B and Fox Report, plus endless marathon hours of breaking news. It's been an honor and my pleasure. Even in our currently polarized nation, it's my hope that the facts will win the day, that the truth will always matter, that journalism and journalists will thrive. I'm Shepard Smith. Fox News, New York. And in the wake of this very emotional, very genuine, very real moment, Trump maniac cult members, incendiary bomb throwers, took to the internet to attack him. So much so that the video that Fox News posted had comments disabled. Mm-hmm. Well, they really hate Shepard Smith. If you go to Shepard Smith's Facebook page and read through the comments, it is just an endless 
Is that where the comments were disabled? Was Facebook? No, it was disabled on YouTube, YouTube yeah. on the on the Fox News channel on yeah. YouTube. But they don't usually disable the comments. You can no, comment I, on other videos. Yeah. It's just because they know what to expect when they put up a Shepard Smith video because he he is attacked. Which, he's, which, he's not which on... gives you a glimpse into the audience of Fox News, right. into the followers right. of Donald Trump. How they don't want to hear the facts. Yeah. Um, but... It makes me sad that he, a part of this agreement being let out of his contract means that he won't be reporting elsewhere, at it's least for a, a period of time. We don't know how long the non-compete clause will be in effect, but... And it's unfortunate because he's not on social media. He's not active on social media. He doesn't have a Twitter. He doesn't have a Facebook page. The Facebook page and Twitter associated with him are run by the producers of yeah. his TV show his program um but donald trump also was asked to react to shepherd smith leaving fox news let me guess he was gracious uh of course not um <laughs> he did say he wishes him well at yeah, the end in a dickish smarmy jackass yeah way. it's like he, passive aggressive is what he tends to do um but he said oh it must be because of his ratings right he has he has the lowest ratings on fox news actually that's not true um he doesn't have as good of ratings as uh, the opinion people. Yeah, because he's not prime time. He's midday news. Right. But in his time slot, 3 p.m., he beats his competitors on other networks, including CS- CNN and MSNBC. I try to con- combine them. Yeah. Um, by double digits. <laughs> double digits. Yeah. By he double dominated digits. in his time slot, which is kind of the that's part and parcel for Fox News. Mm-hmm. They dominate in the ratings because they're the you know the it's sensational bullshit. Yeah. Well, you know what? Good luck. Shepard Smith. I think uh I think we all you know I think there's some there there's for sure a conversation to be had about whether or not it was legitimate that he stay there, mm-hmm. that he work trying to change from within or make some kind of positive impact from within the belly of the beast. Yeah. But there's also an equally relevant argument that he was doing something good. And I think we all owe that guy uh, a debt of gratitude because he he was doing yeoman's work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. All right. Well, let's move on. Support for I Doubt It with Dollamore comes from generous, engaged, intelligent, and good-looking listeners like you by way of Patreon. Your support on Patreon for as little as a dollar a month helps keep the show going and move the conversation forward one podcast at a time. If you would like to join the ever-growing family of supporters, please visit patreon.com slash idoubtitwithdollamore. Thank you to everyone who continues to support the show, whether it be on Patreon or PayPal or shopping through the Amazon link at dollamore.com slash Amazon. Um, thank you for reviewing the show on iTunes without using profanity. And thank you for listening to the show. We really appreciate it. We hope that you take the time to like the Facebook page, I Doubt It with Dollamore Podcast. And also follow us on Instagram and Twitter at I Doubt It Podcast, at Dollamore, at Brittany E. Page. Also, we're getting really excited because um, remember that OC Weekly thing that we were nominated for? We'll find out the results October 24th. Yeah. We're going to be able to see. 12 days. Did we win OC's best podcast? I'm pretty excited. We're going to find out October 24th. I have some predictions. You have predictions. But I'm going to keep them to myself. Bros before, what was it? Rose? Oh, Rose before Rose. Yeah, Rose. There was a dude show, dudes who watch 
The Bachelor. The Bachelor. Yeah. And then talk about it. And then talk about it on a podcast. Yeah. And then there was one like sex show. And then Comedy Bang Bang. Yeah. Which is goddamn huge. Yeah. Way bigger than us. Yes, absolutely. I yeah. think those were the competitors, right? They were the three, yeah. Yeah. So we'll see who comes out on top on October 24th. I mean, they got, they've got a goddamn TV show. Yeah. So, you, you know. know what? Should they have even been nominated? That's what I'm saying. <laughs> I don't think so. Scott Ackerman is the guy's name. Who's super funny. Yeah. But he went to... Uh, Orange Coast College right here. Oh, okay. So yeah. that's that's why it's the nominated in the best. In the local, because he's local. I see. Right, I see. Right, right, okay. Right. Makes a lot of sense. Yeah. No, OC, not IC. What did I say? You were saying, oh, I see. Oh. I'm making a, making a little play on letters. Mm. You know, because I really dig deep for my funny. That's the kind of stuff that will help us win Best Podcast. <laughs> so keep doing that. Oh, I'm the fucking worst. <laughs> Democracy. Facing down pessimistic politics with realistic optimism. So, so much shit happened this week. Where do we want to start? I mean, really, that's the question. It is unbelievable. The White House writes a letter saying that they're not going to cooperate with the impeachment probe. Uh, the, the, the whistleblower, we get uh, a, the two-page memo that was released to the ICIG. Yep. That, that contains... All kinds of insane details. Mm-hmm. All this new tape. It's not new tape. This is stuff I've had and, and made videos about for a long time. And somebody, want, one Twitter account puts it out. And then all of a sudden it's, oh, this is all new. No one's ever seen this before. Why aren't you getting the attention that you deserve? That is a good question, Brittany. I would <laughs> love an answer to that. <laughs> you need some more credit. And then, of course, well... One thing, let's start with this real quick, which isn't in chronological order at all. I don't know that we need to do that. But Donald Trump's acting Homeland Security secretary Mm -hmm. is out. Yeah. This happened shortly after the Shepard Smith announcement. Yeah. He's the fourth. He is the fourth Homeland Security chief under Donald Trump in a short period of time two and a half years evidently some of the um issue was that he had criticized the administration's tone on immigration policy yeah to uh in washington post in an interview apparently he thought was off the record yeah and they're like oh no bro (laughs) no that shit's going in the right in the article you know that's quite the mistake to make (laughs) right that's quite the mistake also you know he's the head of an organization that is systematically abusing human rights at our southern border. Yeah. And trying to defend it, just like Kirsten Nielsen did, just like John Kelly did, just like the person after John Kelly, who I can't, because she was an acting person. Well, I, I sorry, I was uh, thinking about getting Shepard Smith on the show. Um, oh, wow. He was really dreaming. <laughs> I know. Dreaming big. It was well, in a daydream. Let, let me also say this real quick. I'm sorry. Hold the thought. We are not safe in America when the most dysfunctional Musical chairs is happening in the Department of Homeland motherfucking security. Come on. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. It's like we're all on a plane with motherfucking snakes. Oh, my God. No good? I don't know what's happening <laughs> over there. I'm glad that anyway, you no, are not serious. sitting next to me. It is serious. It is serious. Yeah. yeah. But what the reason I was daydreaming about Shepard Smith, um, aside from the fact that he's perfect, is that... Um, it's strange to me, this on the record, off the record thing, you know, because 
journalists have relationships with people in the halls of power that are very odd. You know, like sometimes they do. They have these off the record conversations. And so they know like a lot more than they're allowed to talk about. It always fascinates me with like Olivia Newsy. And she's a reporter, I believe, for New York Magazine. And she will post screenshots sometimes of her text messages with Rudy Giuliani. You know, yeah, yeah. and she can't obviously post all of them, I'm assuming, but sometimes she just screenshots it and puts it up like, here's my latest interaction with Rudy Giuliani. You know, what a strange thing to be able to text him and just be like, hey, you have a comment on this really quick. Well, it also really lends itself to that reporters are trustworthy people Mm -hmm. because that's vulnerability to say it's going to be off the record and then you trust that it's going to be off the record. Right, right. Now, obviously, ding dong McGee here. Uh huh. He was wrong. Otherwise, the reporter wouldn't have published it. Right. Because it wasn't like earth-shattering shit that they posted. It was pretty (laughs) mundane. He had mild criticisms of the administration. Right. But what happens when you have mild criticism of the administration in the Trump administration? Well, as evidenced by what happened, he got fired. Yeah. Or no, he, no, no, no. He quit to go spend more time with his family and friends, everybody. Yeah. You <laughs> you offer up some mild criticism for Donald Trump, and that relationship yeah, is over. You're a shit can, bro. Yeah. If you're not kissing his ass endlessly, you can say goodbye to that relationship. You're the boss. Because he's the boss. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Didn't really play, but... It didn't. So anyway, he's out. I don't want to spend this much time on it. But w- where do we want to go? Let's Let's skip the White House... Actually, let's read two paragraphs from this White House letter published October 8th, where they are telling the speaker and telling the different um, chairman of the the impeachment committees that they're not going to cooperate with the impeachment probe. And is I said this last time on the show, that you know you're in bad shape as a defendant, and Donald Trump is a defendant, when your legal team isn't crafting legitimate, constitutionally uh, effective and uh, coherent defenses, all they're doing is rewriting with smart words the same shit that Donald Trump tweets every day. Mm -hmm. Anyway, let's read the first uh, two paragraphs here. I write on behalf of President Donald J. Trump in response to your numerous legally unsupported demands made as part of what you have labeled Contrary to the Constitution of the United States and all past bipartisan precedent as an impeachment inquiry, as you know, you have designed and implemented your inquiry in a manner that violates fundamental fairness and constitutionally mandated due process. For example, you have denied the president the right to cross-examine witnesses, to call witnesses, to receive transcripts of testimony, to have access to evidence, to have counsel present, and many other basic rights guaranteed to all Americans. You have conducted your proceedings in secret. You have violated civil liberties and the separation of powers by threatening executive branch officials, claiming that you will seek to punish those who exercise fundamental constitutional rights and prerogatives. All of this violates the Constitution, the rule of law, and every past precedent. Never before in our history has the House of Representatives, under the control of either political party, taken the American people down the dangerous path you seem determined to pursue. Yeah. Oh, you almost had it. (laughs) You better be quicker than that. Can I read the next sentence? Please, please. Put simply, you seek to overturn the results of the 2016 election and deprive the American people of the president they 
have freely chosen. Douche chill. <laughs> so here is the deal with this ridiculous fucking grade school dime store back of a gum wrapper argument. They're going to deprive us. Is it he stopped being able to cross-examine witnesses? <laughs> well, there's no trial yet, motherfuckers. You don't get a tr- you don't get to cross-examine witnesses while the investigation is happening pre-trial. You don't get to uh, confront your accuser before the trial. Everyone knows I just served for a goddamn year on. Uh, a, a federal grand jury here in Orange County, California. Which was quite the process for you. Every single week you had to go meet That's on right. the federal grand jury. So there were cases that were small, you know, drug cases, maybe some gun cases. But there were also some major high profile cases that we did not talk about on this program. Yes. Because... It is a secret fucking proceeding. Trust me. I was champing at the bit. Uh-huh. I w- would have loved yeah. to have talked about this particular individual or individuals. Uh, Getting a little too close. Uh, <laughs> anyway, I didn't. Because it is a secret proceeding. And if I'm able to keep whatever I have in my head from the Marine Corps in my head relative to national security, I'm able to do this. That's just what it is. But the secret grand jury proceeding equals what's happening right now with the impeachment inquiry. It's the same thing. And then once they vote on the articles of impeachment, that is an indictment that gets sent on to the Senate to have a trial at which there will be all of the other due process things. Or similar due process things. Because this isn't a criminal trial. It says in the Constitution, Article 1, Section 3, where it outlines the Senate's duties, that the only punishment that comes from an impeachment trial is removal from office. There's no, there's no sentencing. There's no time in jail. There's two things that can happen. You get removed from office. Or you don't, and then I guess one other thing, and that's they get to vote whether you get to run for federal office again. Which sometimes they do. Fail to do, I mean. Sometimes they don't uh, preclude you from running again, and then you get to run like a guy named Alcee Hastings did. He was impeached from the federal bench. They didn't vote for him to never run again, and then he ran for Congress and won. (laughs) That's what we call the Jessipedia. That is what you call, uh, you almost had it. You need to be quicker than that. (laughs) So anyway, listen, don't fall for this bullshit. Don't fall for this goddamn Trump argument that lawyers are trying to put into smart language because it's not. It absolutely is not. Let me also just say that you you can't trust someone with a signature like this. It it almost takes up half the page. What what is he trying to prove? Uh, Pat Cipollini. Yeah, the counsel to the president who wrote the letter. Yeah. Um, his signature is massive. Very Trump like. Yeah, it actually it is yeah, very Trump like now that I look at it. Except that there's more 
curves. It's not as jagged like like a like a forest of trees like Donald Trump's is. Yeah. You yeah. know what? Let's get into some handwriting analysis oh, here. Please. Very much like the body language analysis. I had a dream <laughs> about handwriting analysis. We should just analyze the dream. Did you really have a dream? Of course not. Oh. Those are both nonsense things. Got it. Got it. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> you did have a Popeye that I mean, you did have a dream that Popeye did meth. I did. Well, I had a dream that he OD'd on meth. Like, we were at a party. And we, we don't need to get into it because it is kind of traumatic for you. It, it was very traumatic. You were, like, teasing me. Like, why are you awake? I'm like, you know what? I had a dream that Popeye OD'd. Almost died. Maybe you shouldn't make jokes because I was still so upset about it. Yeah, yeah. I don't even remember whether he died or not. So how did he get the meth, though? I'm wondering why you're dreaming that. Because someone was making themselves a sandwich or a hot dog, and they put, like, the, it looked like a... Like a roasted garlic. Mm, they, had, they had a little meth spread for their was, sandwich. Well, I don't even know what meth looks like, except mm-hmm. from Breaking Bad. Uh-huh. And I was, anyway, it looked like a, it was, in my dream, it was meth. It doesn't have to be real. Okay. All right. And he got up there and done something that he would never do, is yeah. gobble off somebody's plate uh-huh. and ate it and then immediately started, <laughs> and he immediately started convulsing and freaking out. Yeah. And I was just uncontrollably crying in my dream. Yeah. So it's stressful as fuck, man. It is. That is a terrible dream. It's terrible when you have those kinds of dreams that feel so real that yeah. when you wake up, you still feel the weight of the emotions that you were feeling in the dream. Yeah. And you almost have to take a moment and be like, was that not real? Not real. Yeah. Was that a yeah. real thing that I, okay, no, everything's all right. Everything's good. Take a minute. You know what's weird? God, if I, weird that I'm going to be emotional now. Is that I, I was so desperate for you to say goodbye to oh. him. Oh, my gosh. We don't need to get into this because I'm going to start crying, too. Anyway, <laughs> goddamn, what a weirdo I am. <laughs> well, this is how much we love this dog. We love Popeye a lot. Um, so. Let's move on. So, anyway, <laughs> the next thing I wanted to talk about, but it's going to take way too long. We're going to have to do it on another episode Maybe we'll do it as a single standalone because this two-page memo, mm-hmm. th- this memorandum that was written by the, the whistleblower is explosive. There is way more in this than, than the media is, because I don't think anybody's reading it full. Well, here we go. Let's read it in full, yeah? Let's do it. Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Well, we already covered all the Shep Smith, so we'll just go a little long. All right. Um, so so let's let's say what this well just no 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 just start reading it because it gives context yeah it does um, the following and that'll give me time to get my shit together okay <laughs> the following is a record of a conversation I had this afternoon with a White House official about the telephone call yesterday morning between President Trump and Ukrainian President Zelensky the official who listened to the entirety of the phone call was visibly shaken by what had transpired and seemed keen to inform a trusted colleague within the U.S. national security apparatus about the call. After my call with this official, I, redacted, returned to my office and wrote up my best recollection of what I had heard. The official described the call as crazy, frightening, and, quote, completely lacking in substance related to national security. The official asserted that the president used the call to persuade Ukrainian authorities to investigate his political rivals, chiefly former Vice President Biden and his son, Hunter. The official stated that there was already a conversation underway with White House lawyers about how to handle the discussion, because in the official's view, the president had clearly committed a criminal act by urging a foreign power to investigate a U.S. person for the purposes of advancing his own re-election bid in 2020. 
All right, let's let's just. I'm not going to have you read the whole thing, and then I mean, we're going to read the whole thing, but I'm going to we're going to stop and talk. Yeah. So the the official, this official, we already know now. See, this was con- written contemporaneously. Right. This was written at the moment, the day after. Yes. They went home that, that night and talked about or wrote about this. Yeah. And wrote this memo, which ended up in the hands of the the in- intelligence community inspector general, mm-hmm. who's a Trump appointee, who spearheaded this thing getting to Congress, who again is is is, is a, an official with integrity. So this is we we found out now through reporting that this is a CIA official. This isn't some staffer with a with a weak constitution. This is a a a a veteran CIA officer who was visibly shaken by that which they heard on the call. The call they described as crazy, frightening, and completely lacking in substance related to national security. That the president used the call to persuade Ukrainian authorities to investigate his political rivals. This will not go without consequence. That's my, that's my prediction here. As more and more and more happens, and the next thing we're going to talk about is the former Ukrainian ambassador, the ambassador from the United States to the Ukraine. Yeah. She testified before Congress in opposition to the decision of the State Department. Right. They said, no, you're not going to do that. Mm-hmm. She's a patriot. Yeah. She went because she wants the truth known. Defied that order. Yeah. Let's continue. The phone call lasted approximately half an hour. The two leaders... Uh, let's stop there, too. I should I should just let you continue. But keep in mind, we read the transcript summary of the call. Yeah. It didn't take a half hour. Mm-hmm. That's not a word-for-word transcript like the, like Donald Trump has tried to say. Mm-hmm. A half-hour call, even with the delay because you have translators, takes... That's a, that's a lot. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. proceed. The two leaders spoke through interpreters. My conversation with the official only lasted a few minutes, and as a result, I only received highlights. So then it proceeds with bullet points here, and I'm going to read the first bullet point. The president asserted that, quote, it all started in Ukraine referring to the allegations of foreign interference in the 2016 U.S. presidential election and the subsequent investigation into Trump campaign's contact with Russian individuals. Hang on. So what Donald Trump is trying to do is is create this counter-narrative to let Russia off the hook for interfering in our democratic process in 2016, which is universally understood to be Russia. All 17 of our individual intelligence agencies and outfits and departments have unequivocally understood this to be a Russian operation. Hence, the dozens of indictments that came down from the Robert Mueller probe in federal indicting Russians and Russian intelligence officials. The president asked Zelensky to locate the, quote, CrowdStrike server and turn it over to the United States, claiming that CrowdStrike is a, quote, Ukrainian company, 
Parenthetically note, this appears to be a reference to the DNC server from which Russian hackers stole data and emails that were subsequently leaked in mid-2016. The DNC hired cybersecurity firm CrowdStrike to do the forensic analysis, which informed the FBI's investigation. It is not clear what the president was referring to when he claimed CrowdStrike is a Ukrainian company. One of its co-founders was born in Moscow. This is an internet fever dream. This is a 4chan, 8chan, QAnon, crazy conspiracy theory that he is trying to legitimize by having Ukrainian officials legitimately or illegitimately lend credibility to. Next bullet point, the president told Zelensky that he would be sending his personal lawyer, former New York Mayor Rudy Giuliani, to Ukraine soon and requested that Zelensky meet with him. Zelensky reluctantly agreed that if Giuliani traveled to Ukraine, he would see him. Next bullet point, the president raised the case of Burisma Holdings, Hunter Biden's role in the company, and former Vice President Biden's role in setting Ukraine policy. The president urged Zelensky to investigate the Bidens and stated that Giuliani would discuss this topic further with Zelensky during his trip to Kiev. Next bullet point, the president urged Zelensky not to fire Ukrainian prosecutor General Lutsenko, who the president claimed was doing a good job, parenthetically. Go ahead. I was I, I raised my hand just for the <laughs> sausage being made. I raised my hand because I want to say something. Okay. Parenthetically, note, Lutsenko has spearheaded various politicized investigations, including on Burisma Holdings and alleged, quote, Ukrainian interference in the 2016 U.S. presidential election. That was what my hand was going to go up to say something less articulate. But that this Lutsenko guy is the official, the prosecutor in Ukraine that the world not just Joe Biden, not just the United States, not just the EU. Anybody legitimate wanted this fucking guy out because he was blackmailing, extorting companies for paybacks, payoffs, in order to squash his bullshit investigations. Right. Next sentence. Lutsenko is widely reviled in Ukraine and Zelensky has pledged to fire him, but has been unable to secure approval from the legislature. Okay. Now, this else. Listen. Here's the other thing about this is Donald Trump has praised this particular prosecutor over and over and over again as though he is like a legitimate figure, a, a, a persecuted character in Ukrainian politics. Next bullet point. The president stated that he wanted Attorney General William Barr to speak with Zelensky as soon as possible. Parenthetically note, it was not clear whether this conversation was to be in reference to CrowdStrike or to the investigation of the Bidens. Now, I'm pausing here, pausing myself to say so far, all of this has directly mapped onto um, the transcript summary. That's right. Right. All of this has completely aligned with. Yeah, there's not a name. That has been mentioned or a word like crowd strike that has been mentioned in this two page memorandum from the, the whistleblower that isn't verified in the actual White House provided transcript summary of the call. Right. Um, Which leads me to believe that when we get the actual word for word or a recording of it, it's going to come into focus even more. Right. Back at it here. The president reiterated his concern that Zelensky was surrounded by people who were enemies of the president, including, quote, bad oligarchs. The president did. Of course, 
Of course Donald Trump describes someone as, you know, these, they're bad oligarchs, yeah. as opposed to really good ones. Uh-huh. <laughs> the president did not raise security assistance. According to the official, Zelensky demurred in response to most of the president's requests. I did not review a transcript or written notes, but the official informs me that they exist. Another set of bullet points here. One, the standard White House practice for presidential level phone calls with world leaders is for the White House Situation Room to produce a word for word electronic transcript that memorializes the call. The transcript is typically then circulated to key White House officials to be transformed into a formal memorandum that is distributed as an eyes only document to the Secretary of State, Secretary of Defense and Director of the CIA. Second bullet point. This, what this does, eyes only, in the world of intelligence, everything is compartmentalized. Just because you have the highest security clearance, top secret, code word clearance, Q, whatever your level is, doesn't mean that you get to know whether there's aliens. Because everything's compartmentalized. It's a need to know. And eyes only is very high because it's these particular individuals who only get to see it. Right. Second bullet point. In this case, the official told me that such a transcript had indeed been produced and was being treated very sensitively in hard copy only. Moreover, several additional senior White House officials listened to the entire phone call in an adjacent room in the Situation Room suite, and they presumably took written notes on the call. Third bullet point. The official did not... Hang on. This right here also maps on. Several additional senior White House officials... Listen to the entire phone call in an adjacent room in the Situation Suite, and they presumably took written notes on the call. This is before, so they're predicting what we ended up reading. This is knowledge of what we ended up knowing. It also maps on. Right. So third bullet point, the official did not know whether the president was aware that other people were listening and that the call was being transcribed. The official also was not certain whether anyone else was in the Oval Office with the president during the call. That's didn't know, didn't know, not sure, not certain. That, that's kind of a meaningless bullet point. Yeah. Uh, final bullet point on the Ukrainian side. It is unclear who listened to the call and Again. whether a record was produced. Yeah. So listen. If this doesn't send shivers up your spine relative to the situation we're in with Donald Trump as president and the rogue nature with which he's conducting foreign policy for his own benefit. Yeah. You're not fucking paying attention. Mm -hmm. This is big, big, big stuff. They're starting to pull threads. They're starting to pull threads that are going to garner results that are going to lead to further witnesses starting with the ambassador from the United States to Ukraine who testified the other day. Among other things that took place this last Friday, Thursday, headlines at a breakneck pace that, that really one, one story is just stepping on the other. It is impossible to keep track. Now, though, and turn to the latest in the impeachment saga. This story is moving with incredible speed. Here's what we know as we come on the air right now. According to the New York Times, President Trump's personal attorney, Rudy Giuliani, is now under federal criminal investigation over his work in Ukraine. 
Also this morning, the former U.S. ambassador to the Ukraine has testified before Congress saying the president allegedly played a role in ousting her over false claims. And overnight, the president himself rallying, railing rather against the impeachment inquiry and the Democrats at a rally in Louisiana. We do have team coverage this morning. We're going to begin with ABC's Kira Phillips, who's on Capitol Hill. Kira, good morning to you. Good morning to you, Dan. Well, sources telling ABC News that the business relationship between Giuliani and the men charged in the campaign finance scheme is a subject of the ongoing criminal investigation. This, as the chairman of the House Intelligence Committee, Adam Schiff, says the impeachment inquiry is now moving with a sense of, quote, urgency and that there will be more witnesses and possibly more subpoenas. The president's outspoken and controversial attorney, Rudy Giuliani, at the center of the Ukraine scandal, served with subpoenas tied to two men now under indictment for alleged illegal campaign contributions. President Trump now not clear on whether Giuliani still represents him. Well, I don't know. I haven't spoken to Rudy. I spoke to him yesterday briefly. But Giuliani telling me last night, yes, he is still the president's attorney. This, as the former ambassador to Ukraine, Marie Yovanovitch, told congressional investigators she was removed from her job after a year-long pressure campaign by President Trump and Giuliani. She told lawmakers she believed she was forced out because of, quote, unfounded and false claims by people with clearly questionable motives. Trump has made no secret of his disdain for the former ambassador. I heard very, very bad things about her for a long period of time. Not good. In the July phone call with the Ukrainian president that sparked this impeachment inquiry, Trump called Yovanovitch bad news, later saying she was going to go through some things. Today, Yovanovitch, a career foreign service officer who has served in six administrations, said Giuliani was gunning for her. It stems around the ambassador and the embassy being used for political purposes. Claiming she was blocking his efforts to dig up dirt on 2020 rival Joe Biden. Her testimony coming just days after these two associates of Giuliani were arrested after trying to leave the country. Giuliani acknowledges they were helping in his investigation. This video from 2018 shows them laughing it up with Giuliani at the Trump Hotel. See you in Ukraine soon. Yovanovitch says those businessmen, quote, may well have believed that their personal financial ambitions were stymied by our anti-corruption policy in Ukraine. All right, so much here. We're back with Kira Phillips, who's on Capitol Hill this morning. Kira, there's that report in the New York Times I referenced a few moments ago uh, that says Giuliani is under federal criminal investigation for his work in Ukraine. You've actually been communicating directly with Giuliani this morning. What is he telling you? Yeah, that's right. I have been talking with Giuliani this morning and I asked him about that report. He tells me no, that he has no knowledge that he's under investigation, Dan. And Giuliani also telling me no one from the Justice Department has contacted him about his associates who were arrested. He says that he has to presume they are innocent. He tells me that none of those facts make any sense to him. So he doesn't know what they mean at this point. He says the men have gone to Vienna at least four times in the last two months and have always returned. He says he has very good reason to believe they were returning this time as well, Dan. Although they had one-way tickets. Kira Phillips on Capitol Hill. Kira, thank you very much. Very odd that they didn't mention that in the report. It's an aside that he throws off with. Right. Oh, but they had one-way tickets, everybody. Yeah, They had one-way tickets. Mm -hmm. They're fucking rich guys who bought one-way tickets. You don't buy one-way tickets if you intend to return right away. 
You'd think. And by the way, they didn't even report there. But who else was on their way to Vienna other than Lev Parnas and Igor Fruman? Oh, Rudy Giuliani. Hmm. He was also on his way there that day. It was a planned vacation, you know, just like when uh, Tucker Carlson says something a little too problematic for the network. Yeah, a.k.a. racist. Mm. So, listen, all this shit is just coming out in the next weeks. We will find out what is happening. And I guarantee you we're going to find out. Because now we are in a situation where Yovanovitch, Ambassador Yovanovitch, people like that, it's, I'm not going to take it anymore. They're, they're, they're fucking fed up. They're going to defy. We're going to start seeing more of this. Defying the orders of the United States State Department, Mike Pompeo, who is a Trump lackey extraordinaire. Oh, yeah. And they're going to testify in defiance of their department. Mm -hmm. Because there's no legal consequence to violating, quote unquote, executive or uh, executive privilege. You don't owe the administration your silence in the face of criminality, in the face of unethical behavior, mm-hmm. in the face of destroying our country and our democracy. Your oath is to the Constitution and the nation, not to fucking Donald Trump. And we're going to start seeing my prediction would be more people acting with honor and decency and loyalty to the country. That's all. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. That was an abrupt ending. Yeah, I know. That is not the kind of thing that will help us win best podcast. Well, the votes are in. Oh, that's right. That's right. It's already over. (laughs) We'll find out October 24th. That's right. (laughs) Anyway, listen, we, we, we love you guys. And I want to, I want to finish on the kind of the same note that we did before. One is to start sending in your Thanksgiving submissions for those, those episodes. Yes. Do it primarily via voice memo if you can because it's better audio quality find a quiet space be reflective about it think about what you want to say and 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 be earnest in the message um 657-464-7609 of course um email like i said voice memos from your smartphone to i doubt it at dollamore.com i kind of slipped into autopilot there um and the other thing is we really do appreciate the audience. And if you got a problem, let's let's talk about it like the community that we are. Like the family that we are. When I think about the audience and when I talk to you as the audience, I think about a bunch of people with good intent, with decent hearts who want the best for our country. Mhm. I don't automatically think the worst. I give a lot of fairness and charity to the things that when people call in. Even if I disagree, I don't think, ah, this person's being an asshole. I think, ah, they just disagree with me. Let's talk about it. And I would really hope that we are afforded that, that, that exact same allowance. Anyway... Unless you have anything else, Brittany Page? I do not. We are going to go. We love you. We appreciate you. And until next time for episode 626, for Brittany Page, I am Jesse Dollimore, and this has been I Doubt It. That is a trap door that you are asking me to stand on. (laughs) 